Holy sweater as the Titans lead us into madness into this journey into the upside down. Yeah, it is upside down. We've been underdogs over and over, uh, and we are all over again. You know, the more I've stared at this jer- this this sweater jersey thing, the more I think it's kind of beautiful. Yeah. I don't think it's so ugly. It, it, it looks now, that I have to hand you. That's that's ugly. Well, you know, this has actually a feature where you can you can take the sequins. Oh, wow. Yeah, and you can turn it into the. I think it's the upside down now. Oh, and then I the see. other way. It's There's the, kids, the upside down. The kids on their BMX bikes. Well, it's exciting. Hey, I saw the new Terminator movie. Hot garbage. Don't waste your money. Don't waste. It. It's the same thing as everyone. It's like they send two Terminators back from the past. One's a good one and one's a bad one. And that they sounds... have to protect somebody. Yeah, but that's the way they always are. I can't, <laughs> no, I can't tell what you're going to like or not like no. necessarily. Well, I'll, I saw Lost City of Gold, the uh, Door of the Explorer movie. Can you say delicioso? <laughs> that was a good one. With the map, kids. map, inside the map. Yeah. I think having like kids makes some of those things just better because you, you get subjected to so much kids content. Yeah. The other thing I saw was the Aaron Hernandez thing on Netflix, which was oh, kind of see. interesting, but being in like, I was in Massachusetts during the time, so I got kind of like an A-load of that stuff already. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, speaking of things I watched, I tried The Messiah after one episode. It, got, it gets yeah. 92 ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, but like you've said, you can't trust that. No. It's like it leads you, a st- the, the, after the first episode, they just it could have been a good concept, needed to stay more focused, too many tangents. I'm on to the Eddie Murphy Dolomite, oh, and it's up for like some awards, and I'm telling you, it's on Netflix. Dolomite, it's awesome. Well, I don't I know highly recommend. I don't know if they're dolomite, but these guys are dynamite. This episode yeah. is brought to you by DHL Supply Chain, the world's leading logistics company. DHL Supply Chain's team of experts simplify the complex and work with you to find solutions to your biggest transportation challenges. Yes! Learn how DHL can help your business. Tell them, Chad. At logistics.dhl.com. What's up with that? A lot of people were asking that yesterday, man. That, oh, what's that, up with yes. that? That load board glitch could cost small business truckers thousands. This, uh, you know, not too long after truckstop.com had a similar image. Or if you are a journalist from a very old publication and hadn't noticed they changed their name five years ago, you might call it Internet Truck Stop. Starting early Thursday, <laughs> small business truckers who rely on the spot market began reporting problems logging into the DAT load board to find freight. Well, the DAT online load board and mobile app are back up and working now. DAT told FreightWaves that a rare unforeseen problem resulting from a scheduled maintenance upgrade caused its load board to slow to a crawl as users try to access its system early Thursday. It has to do with a basically the amount of data that was running through the system. Jeff Hopper, chief marketing officer at DAT, told FreightWaves, it was running at capacity, which is partly why they were updating the system to handle more capacity. It was just an unforeseen problem where the system couldn't handle the load volume during the initial turn on after these upgrades. Welcome to 2020. They tried to get Jurassic Park back online and it just didn't. The Raptors were already out. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, just an unforeseen thing. Engineers worked frantically Thursday to purge old data, which took several hours until the system could handle the capacity to run at full speed, Hopper said. Some truck drivers were concerned the DAT, headquartered in Portland, Oregon, had been hit, of course, by a ransomware attack similar to the one that struck its competitor, truckstop.com, a few days before Christmas. However, Hopper said that wasn't the case. Yeah, owner-operators who rely solely on the spot market, they told FreightWaves that they were struggling to find loads and were sitting in their trucks waiting for the DAT system to come back up Thursday. 
And here's the kicker, though. They said they switched to debt after leaving truckstop.com following that oh, ransomware wow. attack on the system. Yeah. And now, now they're left with nothing. No, well, it's back up. So Jurassic Park is back online. Yeah, you know, the, the freight show must go on. So, like, you, you can't pause it for a little while, right? It, it disrupts things. Fleet bankruptcies add downward pressure to used truck prices. That's right. Idled power units from fleet failures and bankruptcies are further pressuring used truck prices that closed the year 14% lower on average compared with 2018. By the way, Philip Stewart, yes. he says that uh, that freighter is that that freighter, that sweater is terrifying. I believe that he is referring uh, to yours. He's referring to yours. Of course he's not referring yours to is mine. Actually Look, terrifying. there we go. We got you guys up on here okay. too if you got any comments and want to um, make fun of us. No, I think it's the upside down thing. It's really freaky. All right. A lot of excess, so back to the story here, a lot of excess inventory will simply sit here in the U.S. and represented sunk cost on someone's balance sheet. Chris Visser, J.D. Power Commercial Vehicle vehicle Senior Analyst and Product Manager, told FreightWaves on Thursday. Hundreds of trucking companies failed in 2019 with several entering bankruptcy protection. Their unused trucks may end up being sold to raise cash to pay creditors, but some less desirable models will end up being scrapped. Nobody wants them. These, tra- these tractors, they, they add to a clogged pi- pipeline of used trucks traded in for new units, from a late 2018 fleet ordering frenzy to replace them. A frenzy. All right. Uh, Loves. Everyone likes uh, some good trucker parking, right? Loves yes. is adding. They're adding 40 new stores, which is going to equal 3,000 new parking spots in 2020. Loves Travel Stop's growth plans. This is something they started in 2019. Um, it's also going to create 2,500 jobs. So pretty cool. Pretty cool in their expansion plan but one thing that you noted was that uh, it's kind of a drop in the bucket there. well yes thanks yes i uh, i did i i asked the research team i was like how much of a drop in the bucket is this and apparently now the, I'm, you all may know this but there are about estimated this is hard to quantify but there's an estimated two million over the road truckers right and there is an estimated 300 to four hundred thousand parking spots mm. so this is a massive drop in the bucket but hey Every little love's opening helps. By the way, it's if you had to guess, is it harder to find a, tr- a truck parking spot in a rural or an urban area or just outside of an urban area? I mean, take your pick. Oh, I thought you were going to say, is it harder to find than the lost city of Patpapita from, uh, <laughs> from Dora and the, the well, city of lost gold? Um, probably just about as hard in, in this place. What, what is it? Rural or urban? Urban. Incorrect. I mean rural. I mean the- rural. I mean, why would you ask <laughs> See, it the other exactly. way? Exactly. Exactly. It's way, because yeah. it's surprising that is actually more the urban. They have a lot more opportunities. Anyway, if the uh, Loves company opens uh, up forty stores and three thousand parking lots, that's a ratio of seventy-five spots per, per store, and that's roughly in line with what one gets when averaging the parking spots connected to prior store. Openings. We got to call Jim Monkmayer. We have a story about AB5 that the, the temporary injunction turn is turning into a uh, a preliminary injunction. So it looks yep. like some movements can happen yep. there. If we have time at the end of the show, we will jump back into that. Okay. But at the moment, we got to spend five good minutes with Jim Monkmayer. He is from uh, DHL. What? Five, count of five, five good minutes. Bring him up. Hello. Hello, this is Jim. Hey, Jim, this is Dooner and Chad with What the Truck. Thank you so much for joining us on the air. Hey, Dooner and Chad, thanks for having me. <laughs> hey, Jim, great to have you. Jim Monkmayer, great guy, president of transportation and DHL supply chain. Jim, just real quick, what does that mean? Well, my responsibilities for North America for our supply chain group for uh, transportation 
management, uh, the LLP services, the managed transportation, the brokerage services that we provide. And I'm kind of a spokesperson for our dedicated fleet services as well. Great, man. So how is the digitization of the supply chain helping you meet these increasing changing customer demands, especially as we get into 2020? Yeah, uh, you know, the expectations are just so much higher than they were just a few years ago. Fortunately, the capabilities are there in the digital world to do so much more as well. Of course, our customers want faster deliveries, improved quality, while trying to push as much risk as possible off to third parties like DHL. So we had better know not just what we're doing, but also what outside influences can impact what we're doing and how to control those as well. We saw the digital revolution coming, and so we set out several years ago to really embrace it and become the digitalization leader. The challenge of our customers is in knowing how to invest the limited dollars that they have to get the most out of these capabilities, and there is no one-size-fits-all answer there. We currently invest over half a billion dollars a year in this area as the largest contract logistics provider, and we're dealing with a lot of the most demanding multinationals out there. Uh, They expect DHL to not only provide the latest tech capabilities, but provide them at a shared cost while also investing and sharing research on what's coming next. Uh, Last fall, in fact, we opened our third global innovation center. This one's in Chicago for the Americas region, where we meet with clients to share best practices, develop solutions with them, uh, really for some of the most complex supply chain challenges they have. And some of those uh, complex uh, supply chain challenges are uh, end-to-end visibility. We know that we know you guys have been doing that. Like, what what in 2020 are some must-haves that are going to enable greater visibility? Whether what other technologies are emerging relative to transportation, Jim? Yeah, we're using all kinds of methods, as as many are in this arena, because it depends on what the customers need. It depends on what the carriers can provide and the freight forwarders. So we're still using traditional EDI, but we use API. We use robotic process automation to go out and pull data off of carrier websites. And of course, the old fashioned way, we still let carriers key data in if that's the, uh, the method that's mandated and if the customers are, uh, uh, accepting of that. You know, what makes me excited is autonomous vehicles. How do you see them evolving? Because we see all sorts of estimations about it's going to be at the end of the 2020s or the 2030s or not really until 2050. I think it's going to happen a lot more yeah. rapidly than we think. I do too. How about I you? I think it'll happen more rapidly. I agree with you. I think, uh, uh, first of all, it's inevitable. You know, I've had the opportunity to ride in an autonomous truck on the city streets and interstate in Phoenix. And I can tell you that technology is there today. Um, obviously, there's concerns about safety and the reputation because one accident um, gets mm. the press, right? And yeah. uh, even though seen. the trucks are already probably safer <laughs> than, uh, than uh, most, most drivers out there, right? Especially when you're driving late at night and you're doing running long, long hauls. So while initially there was a focus around local deliveries, a lot of that uh, has changed to look at long haul freeway driving as the best path forward, probably the fastest path forward. And these are typically the lanes that least desirable for the drivers and platooning can be used here as well. This is when you tether the, the trucks together and maybe you have a driver in the lead truck, but you could move three or four truckloads with just one driver. So the savings opportunity is there. Um, more and more States are signing on. There's pressure for national legislation to allow this uh, on a, on a larger scale basis and a consistent basis. 
but despite this, we feel the broad use of the technology is probably still several years away. The costs are high. The infrastructure requires investment, uh, but partnerships are now starting to form. Jim, does uh, uh, you know they can handle some of that? Does platooning yeah. still excite you? I ask because I remember in 2018 there were so many articles, and I bet Chad you wrote and read many yourself about platooning and people were really yeah. hot on it. But platooning then didn't excite me then. I, I like. know in 2019 <laughs> you, you were hearing a lot less about platooning. Nobody was talking about platooning. Is it, is it going to be back in 2020? It's going to be back. Um, I don't know about 2020, but <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, we got to get it working first. Autonomous trucks, we got to get one of them working. And, uh, and then we can look at, uh, at, at, at more. But I've driven out west long distances over the Rocky Mountains it is a long, straight road. Right. And, uh, you know, it's just perfect for this type of uh, capability. And Eventually, would, it'll be there. I would think that, you know, as you, like, have the autonomous and everything is lining up, that the platooning would just add to the efficiency. But, uh, but Jim, what is top of mind for your most advanced customers as we head into this next decade? What's keeping them up at night? Mm. And what is DHL supply chain doing to solve their challenges they're infants they're all new parents chad <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a lot going on um i guess what i hear most probably from customers is around better information to drive consistent performances with no surprises uh, um they're they're trying to get uh, more um um consistency and an understanding of what's what's going on and then the ability our ability to help them manage those exceptions when they do occur but they want obviously less of them and they want them handled in the appropriate way so more and more are asking us for data to run their own analytics they're working jointly with us to to create networks that minimize those exceptions at the same time they want more from us in a way of real-time actionable data um, only more um, and to get that sooner and to give them options before the real impact of cost hits them. Um, and we're mm -hmm. able to do that through, you know, Resilience 360 is a tool that we use for uh, tracking global disruptions, mm -hmm. weather, strikes, things like that. We okay. can we have that tied in with our uh, TMS so that we can see what shipments are impacted and what we think the impact's going to be. And then again, come to them with options sooner than later, so that more options exist that can help uh, keep keep the issue contained. Got to mitigate that risk. Risk visibility is going to become a big topic in 2020, especially as the software advances in that direction. Hey, Jim, how do people learn more? How do they reach out to you? Yeah, go to uh, DHL uh, .com and uh, and learn more. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jim. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Jim Monkmeyer, president of transportation and supply chain. Yeah, great guy. Hey, no, Marcio S. He says, uh, love trucks. He worked for 30 years at Ford South America commercial trucks. Well, Marcio. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your service and thank you for listening. Now it's time to get into that pricing power index with Kevin Hill from the Freight Intel Kevin, Group. Kevin, king of the hill. Team. Where are you? Kevin, king know. of the hill. Stand us up. Jeez, the first not time even he here. may not be here. I know. Well, what we wanted to talk about with him was the pricing power index, right? DHL yep. supply chain. It has gone from, it was at 45 last week. It's gone to 40. The DHL supply chain pricing power index is a index that we use that goes from zero to 100. When it's at right? zero, 
it fully favors the shippers. When it's at 100, it fully favors the carriers, and it uses seven or eight different metrics like outbound tender volume and rejects and basically the amount of freight outgoing and the amount of freight being picked up. Yes, and in a number of cases that I was looking at with the uh, pricing power index, we know that it was at 45 last week. And uh, we know that it is now slightly trended back to 40, just a light, slight little degree toward the, toward the shipper, away from a balanced market in the carriers. Um, we, uh, you know, in general, what's interesting is that I have noticed that there's a whole lot of things that seem to be neutral. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in terms of the, they get, they aggregate their data from sonar. And from the different points of aggregation, whether it's the economic uh, way of seeing things, that seems to be very neutral. Uh, is you know whether it's uh, all the different points that they're looking at, it's very it's very neutral, slightly favoring the shippers in most Michael cases. Michael Murphy says Bueller, Bueller, yeah, favoring the shippers. <laughs> That's boring stuff. That, let's well, stop reading that. Part. So what's happening this yeah. weekend? Why I want him to come on, and I hope he doesn't stand us up on radio. Because he's going to be on radio on SiriusXM with me. Yep. Hopefully, from 3 to 5 p.m. on Saturday, we're going to be continuing that conversation about Walmart trucker pay. I know on Monday, we broke it down on how the cost of goods are raising because of tariffs and things like that. Not really trucker pay. But he's going to get into some of the economics of Walmart, things they covered on there great quarter, guys. And those kind of things. Uh, excuse me, sir. You have yes. detention now. Yeah. I, I know, where, right? where were you? What was so important? Uh, no, I was just. He out, was deep was into his research, talking. man. Oh, okay, I was just talking in the hall. Oh, that Aren't is you know? not a good okay. excuse. Wow, wrong hallway. Well, uh, update us real quick on the PPI. You have sixty seconds. Sixty seconds. So it's at forty again. Yeah. So basically zero, zero to hundred. Zero is all the power. Yeah, we, we explained that already. Oh, for, uh, for, hey, for all the ways all right, that sorry, it's, for all the ways it's balanced, it maybe slightly trending in the shipper's direction. What's the one direction? that it seems to really be crazy sh- trending in the uh, direction for uh, carriers. So so what's the good news for carriers? <laughs> yeah. That the, yeah, because the, there's, only, there's only one point, but it seems to be a big one. Yeah, so so, so basically the, the, the one point where it's, where it's trending really good is uh, kind of, uh, you know, oversupply. Okay. It, or it, that, that's diminishing down. So so that's good. Otri <laughs> is, is still pretty elevated, even in, in January, which is good. All right, Channel 146, Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking, 3 to 5 p.m. I already mentioned we were going to talk about the Walmart trucker pay. We're going to really get deep into it, the economics of Walmart in terms of what you guys did in Great Quarter, guys. We'll do a segment or two on that, depending on how enraged the callers get again, because that one guy, he we mentioned, he kicked the hornet's nest when he said they weren't paid enough. Uh, trucker parking might come up. Loves is adding uh, a, a few spaces, but they according are. to your group, it's not. Eh. That's always a fun yeah, there's, topic. There's like five trucks to every parking spot yeah. in the yeah. U.S. Yeah, man. Five or that's six. crazy. Yeah. Nuclear verdicts is another topic we're going to cover. That's a huge What topic. about XBO? What do you think about what XBO is doing? I, I think it's a, it's, it's very interesting. I, it I think sure it's a, is. It's a great story. It's going to last a long time. I think it's really interesting. We'll break down the numbers uh, tomorrow on, we'll catch us up. What on, is on the radio. What's Bre- a great story? Oh, XPO. So, so basically, they're doing strategic alternatives. They they announced it, and that they might spin off all their operating units except for LTL, and it's probably looking to become a, a pure play LTL 
company that would be the third largest in the U.S. with no debt and a lot of cash to go out and do a roll-up again, which is what Brad Jacobs does. He, that's right. That's what they did. M A king. That's what they did for the previous decade. Exactly right. That's how they got to from from nothing to XPO in in eight years, I think. Right. Wow. And yeah. and so here they are, and they're going to maybe reverse course a little bit and get their yeah get know, their EBITDA multiples. Yeah, yeah, reversed. definitely. You see this in a lot of conglomerates, right? If, if you take like GE, right? There, there's it's really hard to value to put a valuation on GE because they're in so many multiple different businesses, like yes. a conglomerate. Uh, so it's kind of blended in. It's really hard to for for analysts to value, ex, you know. And then on the other side of that, you have the pure plays, which they do one thing, like an LTL company, right? And they do it LTL well. does a does LTL, and you can put a a, a nice. Comp- uh, uh, multiple on that, yeah, like a sale, uh, like 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 a sale, yeah. So basically, what they'll do is they'll they'll sell out, sell off all the other uh, businesses, take the cash, pay off debt, and still have a lot of money to go out and buy smaller LTL, roll that up, and um, and, and that's what he does all the time. Kevin, so here's the good news: yeah. the show, the radio show, it's okay to be. Three minutes, like it doesn't start till three oh three. So if you are late for that, but I should tell you, it's like at two thirty. So that way, if you, you'll know. He's he's the only time he's ever been late. The only time he's ever been late. I was down. That's right. I was down here waiting. You guys usually are like ten minutes out. Yeah. Next time we'll ring. No, we're not. We have a lot of calls. Next time we'll. Next time, stand over here. We'll just wave you in. Okay. Yeah, those guys like yeah. Right. We'll do. It's we'll okay, do. man. We're running right. a tight ship here. Yeah, because today we got to make some calls. We now we're going to call to Cassandra Gaines, and we'll uh, we'll oh, thank nice. her for. Uh, yeah. Do you want to hang out with us? Will we talk to her. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's well, do I mean, it, man. Do that. Then we'll kick you out after that. Sure. All right. F you. I hate everybody. I'm the man. I will never give you my. Order in the court. <laughs> All right. All right. Here we go. Bringing her up. This is a great intro. I know. I, I should have had this more queued up. That's okay. Me. Cassandra? You can blame oh, it on me. Cassandra? Hi! Hi! I'm sorry, Hi. I had you muted. Hi! <laughs> Hi! <laughs> we are back no, on time. It's Matt Gaines! <laughs> I'm watching the show. How awesome! I hear, I hear Duner say, oh, I, we're going to call Cassandra Gaines. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's me. Uh-oh. <laughs> <Turn> it off. <laughs> <Beep>. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So one you you emailed oh, me you emailed me yesterday a couple of cases and um you know it's it, it's whenever you email me it's like good news that you're emailing me but bad news as well because there's always something horrible that happened like one of yeah. them that tell us the story of Ronald McNutt the case of the crushed trucker. I know. I felt so bad when I saw this case. I was doing my you know legal research, trying to keep my thumb on the pulse, and I come across this decision that the court made and really the courts just made it on uh the 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 defendants they're all trying to bring in other defendants and point fingers at each other and normal litigation drama but the underlying facts of the case um were were interesting and also very sad so we have uh this case is in illinois and a construction company a couple construction companies were building a dam and they hired a metal company a recycling company to take away probably the, I don't know, the remains of the old dam, but it's a scrap job. And the metal company hires a trucking company. The trucking company starts hauling the scrap metal using a flatbed. And their driver, McNutt, the the plaintiff here, um, was unloading the flatbed and the metal pipes fell on him. 
and crushed him and killed him. And he left behind. So he's 58 years old. His name is Ronald McNutt. I couldn't find a lot of information on him. Um, and he left behind a daughter who at the time was 31 years old. Um, this was a couple of years ago. So oddly, they're still fighting over this, um, this uh, case and the estate. His daughter has sued the construction company. They sued uh, the metal scrapping company, uh, the trucking company. Um, and everybody's pointing the fingers at each other. For example, uh, the most obvious uh, piece, the most obvious finger to be pointed was at whoever loaded the pipes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was going to say, exactly. That, like when the pipes roll off and crush somebody, wh- whose fault is that? Like, how do they determine fault? Because it's a horrible accident, right? I mean, was there negligence? Yeah. And that, that's why I couldn't, I couldn't get any more details. And I'll keep an eye on this case to get more details about it. But it, what it usually has to do with either how the goods were unloaded and or how they were loaded. Um, so I think this might be a situation, and I'm, I'm just pontificating here using my experience with loading and unloading accidents, is if, even if it was loaded improperly, um, there is some, still some liability on the trucking company because drivers are often trained um, how to identify when equipment's been or goods have been misloaded. Um, that could be different here. There could be something else going on here um, that the driver would not have noticed and hurt himself and actually died here. So Cassandra, Chad's, he you can't, Chad, I'm, I'm you raising can't see my Chad, hand. But he's raising, the audience can but he's raising his class. hand in here. So. Um, so my question actually, because this is a curiosity show, right? Sometimes we just like, we're led by that, if nothing else. Uh, I'm like, and this is, unfor- like, while we all feel obviously for the victim, like I would think that companies like must have all kinds of protection clauses and things you have to sign off on, right? Which would naturally kind of protect them and make litigation against them harder. Is that, you know, that's a good question. So, uh, and that is going to be a big dispute in this lawsuit because we have so many entities involved and they're pointing fingers at each other. And I noticed that there were some arguments about contracts and who pays for what, I think that's going to be a big piece in there and here is that people are saying they signed a contract and which kept them from being sued about something like this. Okay. There's a policy that plays into this too is it depends on what state the court is sitting in, but sometimes courts don't really like hearing that, you know, when someone dies in such a manner and if a party is negligent, that that party simply has gotten out of any liability because of a contract. Right. So, that will be interesting too. I don't know how Illinois law applies there, but, mm. but you then what is, have a really good point. Yeah, what is the point of signing the contract in the first place if it in the end they're just going to say no? It, this is transportation. When does well, a contract yeah, ever con- matter in transportation? <laughs> contracts don't matter. Tell <laughs> me, no, contracts no, don't matter. <laughs> As someone who's litigated a lot of cases, it gives you an argument where you didn't have an argument. So what you try to do when you're defending your client or when you're pursuing an action is you really try to throw a lot of shit at the wall. And, sorry, Emily. Beep. And um, <laughs> Yeah, Emily just beat me. Um, but you, you try to throw as much many arguments at the wall as possible to muddy the water so that the parties can at least settle. It's really hard when you don't have any arguments. You've got to like sit there and think them up. So the contracts do add value. They add arguments and they push people to settle instead of fighting over all of this kind of stuff. 
So did you read Kevin's paper and can you give a grade to it? Was it a C, a B, an A? I know they do that research on nuclear verdicts. And we are going to be talking about them this weekend on Radio 2, Cassandra. So if you want to... Seth wrote comment, it, I think, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Seth and yeah, Andrew wrote, wrote most of it. I, I, was, I, I did a lot of the research, but they actually did all the writing. Oh, okay, so, yeah. Yeah. I, but you did the research. Well, I didn't do the research, yeah. but I took part <laughs> in the research, but I didn't actually write <laughs> too much of it. <laughs> it was an A... Plus, 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 plus. Oh, I wow. Read Thank that you. Thing front to back. She's one of the I nice went professors. To underneath my pillow. Um, no, I'll tell you. It was a piece of shit. Sorry, Emmy. Um, but I, you know, I practically slept with that thing under my head. And here's the thing is what made my, my life, my little simple Cassandra world happy is yesterday a client said something about the paper and even mentioned something that was written in it, which really warmed my heart because I see that, hey, People, it was like a business person too. People are interested. They want to know how. And that article really addressed the how, the ins and the outs, um, and gave you some insight into that crazy world. Nice. Wow. Thank you very much. And Cassandra actually uh, pointed us in the right direction, put us in contact with so many valuable sources. So she had oh. a lot to do with this, this paper as well. Yeah, she did. Well, Kevin and I are hosting... Serious XM radio show tomorrow, 3 to 5 p.m., Cassandra. So if you're around, you know the number. Dial in to us. We'll be happy to talk to I you. I do. Oh, you know I will. <laughs> All right. We got to call them. Uh, guys, yeah. I have to give a big shout out to my favorite company, which is Lean Staffing. Yeah. Because I'm going to do some shit slinging at Trey. I'm going to challenge him. Oh. All right. My client sees Lean Staffing, so I'm going to challenge him. Don't, don't let him off the hook. <laughs> All right. He is literally on the phone next. So, Cassandra, we got to let you go. and We got to dial him up. But thank, thank you. you. Thanks. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Matt Gaines. The transportation lawyer, Cassandra Gaines. Google her. Take it easy. All right. Thank you. And also, Kevin, yeah. thank you for joining us today. Thank we're you. Gonna, we're going to call up Trey Griggs Thanks, now Kevin. And, and bring him on the line. Uh, Trey is actually in the comments right now, too. He was saying that, Philip Stewart, you're smarter than I am. I think the scales of justice. <laughs> I think on the Facebook, scale the only needed to be bigger is... in that picture. I, I only noticed the figurine, the figurine of justice. We'll ask him. Shalib Karai says yes. We'll ask him to uh, to explain that one to us. Trey Griggs, he actually just started as global director of sales at Hub Tech as well. A friend of ours we see out in the wild. He's not just an internet friend. Hey, what's he's, up, guys? He's not catfishing. Hey, Trey. Hey, hey, Trey, I made you a bumper. Do you want to hear it? Let's hear it. I do. Hello. This is the gig economy. This is Trey Griggs' economy. Hey, trigonometry. It's the Griggs' economy. <laughs> the Griggs' economy. I love it, Duna. Very creative. That's awesome. Hey, man. Thank you. That's awesome. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. How about you? Uh, doing really well, man. Having a great day. Do you see Chad? Whose sweater is uglier, mine or Chad's? We're having a competition. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I got to say, I really like, um, I like the blue one, but it does have an awful logo on it. So oh. I, I don't know that I can go with that one. I think I'm about to go with you, Dinner. Well, you're a All Chiefs right, fan. Congratulations. He's, well, he's a Chiefs fan, and I he's know. still sore that a, uh, it, and it hurts when you lose to Marcus Mariota in the playoffs like they did two years ago. Oh, yeah. You didn't, you that did that hurt, up. and that is not <laughs> easily forgotten. I tell you what, though, I tell you, you know, we're underdogs. I will take that. I will take that. And, uh, you know, like if we win all the way through to the Super Bowl, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but if we do, that is historic. It puts us in rarefied company. Oh, a wild card team. Oh, yeah. 
The Giants did that, right? They beat the Patriots. They beat the uh, 16 0 Patriots. The 1980 Raiders, the 2006 Steelers, and the 2007 Giants. They had a wild card in 1980? No, Yes, that was the first year. It was the Raiders. Trey, when is the last time that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs won an AFC championship game? Uh, I don't know the year, but it was Super Bowl four. No, the AFC Championship game did not exist at that time. Uh, everyone, <laughs> that's a trick question. So this will be their first. This will be their their a trick question. Hopefully, Andy Reid doesn't like completely mismanage the clock, which he tends to do in the biggest. Oh, let's hope sometimes. so. Trey, what's up he in technology? We had problems with that. What's up? Wait, what's well, up in technology, I gotta, I gotta man? Get back, I got to get back to the Titans for just a second here. So oh, yeah, I got I got I got a bet for you. If the Titans win the Super Bowl, I will wear your sweater that you have right now on. At- Great Wave Live in Atlanta. Deal. Oh, okay. Trey Griggs, you got yourself a deal. What do it's, I have to it's do? It's like 100 degrees out there, too. So, Well, don't wash <laughs> so it, if, Chad. So if the Chiefs win, you have to wear my Patrick Mahomes jersey there, which will definitely not fit you. It'll be very tight. Well, for all of those reasons, that sounds good to me. <laughs> what is awesome. with Emily so Zink? Emily Zink chimed in too. She said Chad's sweater is uglier because KC is going to win. Like what? Ow! What a fan girl! I thought she was from like Nebraska or something. Yeah, they like, don't even have a. She team. lived in Omaha for six yeah. years. What does that make her a Chiefs fan? I guess so. Okay. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Fair enough. Emily's on my side. That a girl. That yep. a girl. Trey, we know you got a lot. You guys got a lot of things going. You got a new gig at Hub Tech. What? Tell us what's new in technology. I do. Well, you know, I got to tell you, just from a technology standpoint, I think the key word in 2020 is automation. And we've heard a lot of it, yeah. but I think we're only getting started with that. You know, I, I look around my own house for Christmas. We got one of those uh, robot vacuums that literally vacuums our house every day. We don't have to do it anymore. It's wow. incredible. You know, and I it think really works. Kids, whenever they want to know. Yeah, man, I've oh, had an I've had iRobot's a Massachusetts company and I've had a Roomba. I won one at a raffle. I'm really I, good at I, I didn't raffles. think that they worked. No, they do. You They're know what? Tremendous. Yeah, especially if you have hardwood floors and uh, thin cut yeah. carpet. But if you have like a lot of shag rugs, if you got like a 70s style yeah. pad like you, Not Chad, you got like the wood paneling <laughs> on the wall, the yeah. fake wood on the yeah. wall. Well, that'll never yeah. work. It's not going to work in that'll there. That'll never work. Uh, but anyway, yeah, okay. It's, it's amazing how much dust, you know, comes out of that. So that does, definitely does work. But, you know, on another front, too, I look at my kids and whenever they want to know the weather, they don't go to the TV or a computer. They don't even go to a smartphone anymore. They literally say, Alexa, what's the weather? Mm. And they get it. And so yeah. this is kind of the world that we're moving into where not only are we going to look at automation, but we're going to look at voice-activated automation. And those things are coming in, in the world. They're going to be coming yes. in our, our industry pretty soon, which is exciting. Yes, yes, they, they, it is. We just had the, uh, right here in Chattanooga, we are the uh, the host of the uh the Vo- Project Voice Automation Conference. I mean, they they've been celebrating it here, and uh, it, th- this new generation. What are they up to? It's crazy. Well, hold on a second. Trey says he has an Alexa. So Trey, if you add the skill freight waves to your Alexa, <laughs> all you got to do in the morning is say, "What are my news briefs?" or play my news briefs, and you will hear my voice come out of there reading you the morning minute, uh, the fastest minute in freight with all the wow. headlines. You could get surrounded by Dooner, man. Again, just nonstop. Not nice, nice, uh, nice promo there, but. Absolutely, you guys have definitely hit the nail on the head. You've, you've hit the outlets that people are going to be accessing for the next, you know, five ten years for sure. Hey, you got a luncheon tour coming up. Uh, plug it for us. Let us know what's up with that. We we do, yeah. So I just came over to HubTech. Very excited about what we're doing here. You know, historically HubTech's been a strategic consulting and nearshore staffing solution, yeah. but I'm really excited to announce that we're coming out with robotic process automation, which is going to streamline RPA. so many processes in this industry. RPA is phenomenal technology, and so. 
we're basically doing a tour. We're going to go and talk about that. We're going to help people understand what RPA is and talk about how it affects labor and, and how it's going to benefit them. And so we're starting off with a tour. We got our first date in Phoenix on Thursday, January 30th. Um, and so that's uh, going to be exciting. If people are interested in coming, uh, they can you know, reach out to me. I'm also going to be posting on LinkedIn about it. They can sign up to go to it. It's a free luncheon. Mm. So we're going to give you a great meal at a great spot uh, and, and talk to you a lot about technology and what's coming and, and really help, help people out in that front. Second date is Friday, January 31st in Salt Lake City, followed by Monday, February 3rd in Portland, Oregon. Those are our first three dates. There will be many others. And if you want us to come to your town and talk about technology and staffing and, and labor solutions. Roadshow. You know, I think a lot of people are, I think a lot of people are very interested in those topics. So you're kind of out West right now. Mm. Um, those are some, we, we will, uh, we'll, we need to put those up in some show notes or help people remember those, uh, those dates and places. Yeah. Mr. Griggs, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me guys. Good thanks talk. Trey. Go enjoy the game this weekend. Even if you lose. Bye. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> see you later. Thanks. Bye. Um, thanks. Uh, so, on that front, they say there's no free lunches, right? Well, unless you go to that Hub Tech, uh, Hub Tech luncheon. <laughs> that would be free. Ah, the bad news and good news. All right. So good news, bad news. Here's one for you. Good news. The U.S. and China have signed this phase one trade deal on Wednesday. Ooh, you know, let the flares go out. As part of the as part of that, the U.S. will increase its exports to China by two hundred billion. Sounds yeah, great, doesn't it? Wow, you guys are so excited! Don't <laughs> you? Here's the bad news: oh. as the L.A. Times wrote, even after the agreement, the average U.S. tariff on China imports will still be nineteen point three percent, a modest reduction from the pre-agreement level of twenty one percent, and more than six times its level of three percent before Trump launched what? this tariff war. Other bad news too: it's good news that they're going to buy these soybeans, but it's bad news that now. I thought we were trying to get away from this codependency with China, but now these farmers, yeah. like, what if there's another What if there's another trade fight? What if there's another trade war? What are they going to do with all these excess soybeans? I've also heard some takes that, like, this is China's, like, we're going to do this so Trump feels good about getting some good headlines. This no, is yeah. The, the Chinese strategy. Well, there's a secret annex that was signed, too, that a top secret annex that nobody can read that put an addendum on there. If you listen to Port Report yesterday, Henry and I broke down this whole trade deal it's a little more sizzle than steak. Yeah. Well, I almost wish I hadn't heard the good news there because, boy, was that some bad news. No, well, it was not that bad. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, 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 it was, it was, it's okay. Um, good news. Nestle putting up nearly $2.1 billion, with a B, toward dollars toward cutting its use of plastic made from fossil fuels by a third over the next five years. Hmm. Bad, yeah. news. <laughs> bad news has proven to be a challenge because suppliers need high-quality material that is safe for direct content, contact with food. And much of that packaging now is made from several materials more costly and difficult to recycle. So they're mm. putting a lot of money behind it. still like a tough piece of plastic to crack. Yeah, we, we've talked about this one before when you just start becoming more... Uh, Greta Thunberg eyes and just thinking about your packaging and everything. And especially yeah. the rise of e-commerce because now it's not like, like when you go to Walmart, you get, you know, you buy like the toy and it comes in a box and you have that to throw away. But now right. you have, everything is exponentially twice the boxes. Especially when you're dealing with food grade type of stuff. Yeah. Apparently. 
So, oh, even more boxes. Yeah, it's hard. To, you can't well, just even throw, more like, higher, gra- more complicated kind of packaging, packaging. materials. Remember yeah. those like things that like remember when you'd buy like a headset from like Walgreens or CVS, a uh, a Walkman, and it would be in that like they still the awful like packaging. Oh, that yeah. you had to cut through with like yes. with like bone scissors. Oh, there's still lots of things like that, like batteries. Those are in that really no. The batteries Wait, at least are a little I like to... I don't know. It's it, it, you can cut yourself on that stuff too. Yes. Here's some really cool stuff. I always like these nerdy things. Good news. There is an exoskeleton that could give Delta workers superhuman strength. Yes! This thing is fantastic. You can lift more than 200 pounds with this thing over eight hours with no fatigue or anything like that. Sounds too good to be true, right? I, well, I don't hardly even need that. Bad news is they're kind of expensive. The uh, the Guardian will it's the Guardian XO. It'll be offered as a robot and the same new model, robot as a service. Rass! We got RAS, we got SAS, now we have MASS, which is Mobility as a Service. Well, this is a RAS model, freeing customers from a large upfront capital expense to buy the unit or risk it becoming outdated or obsolete, according to a Sacro spokesperson in an email. The lease package includes maintenance, service, and upgrades. The monthly fee, here's how they word it. This is a little interesting. They said the monthly fee will be roughly equivalent to the annual cost of a full-time $25-an-hour employee with benefits and related overhead expenses. Oh. So not only do you need the cargo guy, but then you have to pay this. So roughly, if you put that in, because that's a nice way of segmenting it, you're like, oh, plus benefits. And, and so it's like $5,600 a month. Wow. And I then mean, the other bad news is I don't own one, because if I did, you could take over the world. You'd be like a superhero, Chad. Yeah, those things, I mean, they look straight out of a movie, right? Uh, it's pretty cool. But yeah, that's ridiculous, right? You're paying for two people to do one. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good news. According to a panel of outside safety experts, the process used to certify aircraft, including the grounded Boeing 737 MAX, was found to be effective. Oh. And a significant contributor to the world's safest aviation system. Yeah. That's well, how great. are you going to turn that into bad news? Well... Under this system, oh. 346 people died, and attempts to change the system are likely. House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee Chairman Pete DeFazio said Thursday that his committee's investigation has revealed multiple points at which the certification process failed, and that he intends to propose legislative fixes. Well, <sighs> well. by the way, a couple comments. Scott Hadley, he says that he's looking forward to hearing more from Trey. Good stuff. He, he enjoys the Griggs economy. Yeah, Trey is great, too. And Blue Sea Services India says, hello. So, hi, Blue Sea Services hello. India. Here's some good news. A Japanese billionaire is looking to bring someone with him free of charge on a round-trip ticket to the moon. Yeah! Here's bad news. Oh. It's a lunar love affair. You have to be his girlfriend to go. What? The rocket ship to romance will lift off in 2023 on Elon Musk's SpaceX. According to CNN, multiple choice questions. So he's put like a survey out like we did for our podcast. He put out one as a suitor. And, he, and the questions were how good you are at cooking. Jeez, what is this? Like leave it to Beaver? I know. 1950s. How good they're cooking. What they change about his appearance. How what? motivated they are by his money. Yikes. And perhaps useful to know before spending a week together in a spaceship, they wanted he wanted to know how they would react if he farted, if he passed wind. Wow. Um, Interesting series of questions. Um, I know. He said that but, uh, it makes uh, it makes me wonder, Chad, do, do snakes fart? Do snakes fart? Like, well, I'm, what's the connection of snakes? I don't get it. I'm not saying he's a snake. I'm just oh, curious oh. if snakes fart. Um, I'm going to say if a snake farts in the wood, no one hears it. No, I, 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 yes. 
Would you apply to yeah. be his girlfriend? Would you go on the space well, cruise? Well, my him? question is like, what, like, what do they, what does he mean, motivated by his money? You like, mean like, like, what if they said, well, I'm not motivated by your money. I don't care about your money. Is that a bad thing? Yeah, he, I know. Does like, he want them to be really motivated by his money and do lots of things with it? Whenever I take like, one of those like online quizzes. I'm always, I never take them honestly because I'm always thinking like what, what they're the survey wants. Yeah. yeah. So I try to outthink it. Like, I know. That didn't work for me very well with standardized testing. Did you, I had to do one, like, I remember I was applying at like a record store, like a chain record store, like a coconuts or something. And they made you do like an, a, a personality quiz over like a landline telephone. Wow. I didn't get the job too. I must have failed that miserably. But I was trying to answer like I thought a normal person would. But maybe that, no, I don't know. Need, no, you couldn't be normal. <laughs> I don't, I couldn't, I didn't beat the test. Um, that reminds me of the Jack Black character in High Fidelity. Just oh. caring a little too much about the record collection. Yeah. Kind of chasing good customers away. <laughs> anyway, um, I thought that I would turn good news, bad news on its head and go bad news, good news. Okay. Okay, so bad news. Sunday will be the fifth time this season that Tennessee has been an underdog of at least four points. Yeah. Yeah. Good news. It won each of the first four outright, including beating Kansas City in week 10. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Marcio, he says that Moon, he wants to go. He'll t- he'll take it up. <laughs> he wants to drink yeah. some space. If you can cook, critique his appearance. And, How long uh, is that trip? Be motivated by his money. I would like to do the first podcast in space. Like, I would like to go up and just do really? a podcast from there. Yeah, I think it would be like. It's an aspirational goal. How much, like, because there probably be press coverage. I wonder how much, like, that is worth in terms of media coverage, like, to spend to go up there and do it. You'd have to yeah. jump on, like, SpaceX or something. Boy, I mean, that would be an historic flight. It would. It would. Yeah. Maybe me and uh, Craig Fuller and, and you and a monkey. I'll, yeah. I'll go and do it. Um, That'd be fun. So, final score. What's the score going to be this weekend? Oh, do I have to do that? Yeah. Um, 30 Titans, 33. Um, Kansas City Chiefs twenty seven. Wow, bold, bold choice. All right, let's hear from uh, let's hear from the listeners in our section we like to call Common Section Rodeo. Common Section Rodeo. All right, we have okay. So this is from the story. Colorado Trucking Company to cease operations after thirty nine years. Employees say. Mike says, I bet the new insurance quote came in. I just parked mine a few hours ago. I'm done too, but will never be reported anywhere. I would say that there are quite a few of us one-man operations shutting down right about now. Sitting here having a Heineken, a bit pissed, but all in all, very relieved. Time to move on as this industry has gone to the dogs. Good luck, guys and gals. And you know what? When we... I think last year there was 800 trucking companies that shuttered, and the vast majority are guys like uh, Mike over here. Yeah, uh, from the same story, uh, it is, uh, let's see, it is Travis that says, insurance is hard to pay. I've had to switch three different times in two years just to keep me going. I'm a one-man owner-operator, my own authority, truck and trailer, plus freight rates and fuel and everything else. It's hard to make it, and this ELD. Mm. Still, still harping on those ELDs. He, he he touched on all of them. All right. I mean, that would be like people still like complain about like blinkers or something on the car. Not like, but I, <laughs> I, mean, I guess it's been those a optional. year. It's been a year. Well, now, actually, the hard mandate didn't even come till April. It hadn't even been a year for some people. Now, I I'm trying to figure out if it's if it's just bias and I didn't notice as much in the Northeast because people definitely don't use blinkers that often. But here, I I feel like they use them even less. 
They really do. I know. I was going to say, it's sloppy. Yeah, it's just... It's, I, it bothers me. That is a pet peeve. I don't have a lot, but that is one. The other thing here, too, that's much different than the Northeast, we have the guys from Sirius XM who are visiting. They're from New York. They, they're used to downtown Manhattan. And also in Boston, a lot of jaywalking goes on there because the streets are older, you know. If there's, yeah. a, It can take a long time to wait for lights to cycle. So if you got a, if you got a, an opening, people are just going to cross the street. And cars understand this, too. Cars, like, they are on the lookout. They will stop. They might flip you off. They might give you the what-the-F hands. Right. You know, but they're not going to usually run you over. But in the South, it's completely different in Tennessee. Like, they, if you are in the road, they're like, I don't see nothing, and they just keep coming. They just really? keep coming see, towards no, I you. I haven't noticed that. Maybe that's some anecdotal experience. They definitely don't react like Northeasterners do. Like, Northeasterners have a visceral, angry reaction, but, like, they slow <laughs> the car down. Um, well, right. I, don't, I don't know. But well, I... I mean, that one thing that, like, in the South, they're a lot more... This is one thing that I feel like I would be more Northeastern about. If, like, the light is go and green and you should be going yeah. and you're not going, go! Yeah, I honk. You know what I mean? Like, go, and I, would, I will honk after a beat or two. Yeah, I do, and, Even though my wife tells me not to, but I do. I do it. And it's like... And, but most people don't. They'll just politely just keep sitting there. No, and so many like, times, they like, jolt up like they were looking but, at their phone, just as I suspected. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dan, he writes in, might as well hang yourself as to work for a large carrier. I did three times, and all three jobs were crap. Out of thousands, you're just your employee's ID number or something just as personal. As in warm butt in the seat. That's it. Hell, I've got a travel mug from <laughs> one. I'm going to have a longer life than the company. Well, they're Celadon, so who knows? Pitiful the way mom and pop are screwing everybody. The same. It's called greed. I think, well, they're Canadian. Not Celadon. Oh, well, they're Canadian. Oh, okay. <laughs> Easy. Oh, right. oh, all right. Anyway. I was like, so, I think we already know the answer. Uh, okay, so Noble One says on the same story, the company had a dedicated account with Walmart for over 34 years, hauling drop-and-hook freight to stalls in Colorado, Wyoming, and the Dakotas in Montana, according to the H.H. Williams website. Wow, that's the cream of the crop. Drop-and-hook and directly for the biggest retailers in the world with no middleman. They should have offered the employees to take over the business. Perhaps they did, and the employees refused. Buy, transfer ownership, the business, and change the name, period. Too bad, in my humble opinion. All right, well, <laughs> from the article, XBO Logistics begins the process of maybe breaking itself up. You heard Kevin Hill touch on that a little bit. Yes. We're going to talk about it on the radio show. So here's Big D. All you big companies are scared when you hear Amazon, but the truth is most of these big trucking companies have been around 30 plus years, and now you change what's been working because of one company, and then help that company get bigger, make them grow on their own See, without a third party. Amazon is not as big as they are, not giving good benefit to their employees and drivers. That experienced driver pool is about to shrink because this clearinghouse of all big companies did no third party with them for one year. Just one year, they would stop trying to bully everybody. Well, he's saying just... Avoid Amazon for a year. Yeah, maybe we should all cancel our Amazon Prime accounts and not automate all of our purchases. C.A. <laughs> uh, Trucker says, good idea. Hopefully sell to smaller companies who know their customers personally and actually like their job. Please change the LTL name back to Conway or better mm. yet, Consolidated Freightways. CF was a true trailblazer designing their own tractors and trailers and building a national network. They all had diesel in their veins. They damn near paved the West. Now, check out our online Hall of Fame. It's an article we post every week. Consolidated Freightways, Cornflakes was one of those. I think it might have been the first Hall of Fame inductee, Jervik. 
a oh, LTL reefer well, company, very well known in the LTL reefer space. Kind of a rare thing, too. Do you yeah. know the reefer, you don't realize how hard LTL and a good reefer carrier is fine, but uh, good come stuff. By. Okay, here's from the article. Trucking rates may be moving towards a melt-up. And this is from uh, Hungry Owner Operator. If rates don't increase, more owner-operators will be folding. Maybe another 70s-style shutdown is overdue. <laughs> it would only take a week to drive up rates. I could use a week vacation at home with family where warehouses filled up and store shelves got empty. The market would drop by 30%. Keep pushing corporate thieves. New regulation is created for one reason, to generate revenue for the government. Wow. It's almost like once upon a time you might have talked that way. Yeah. Uh, it's Christopher says, 70 strike like they did when Hoffa was around. Whoa. These dirty bastards seem to forget that fancy car was brought to them by a truck. That dinner they eat was brought by a truck. And when they come to collect, they bring a truck. Stand up, American truck drivers, because the paper you're standing on was brought by a truck. Wow, think about that. Think about that. The irony. The road was brought by a truck. No, I know everything. Wait, then what came first, the truck or the road? Oh, mm. well, the tr- the roads in 1950. 19- well, the trucks were there first in the 1900s. All right. With, well, no, with no highway internet, interstate system. Noble one is back, and I kind of have a different interpretation of oh. him. What's the solution that you're proposing through a shutdown? You need to have a realistic and well-defined plan. Do you guys have one? Back in the 70s, strikes that included tons of drivers were due to oil prices skyrocketing, leading to insane fuel prices and costs. However, it certainly didn't prevent oil and fuel prices from swinging in the future. Therefore, this strike was temporary, band-aid for a temporary change. The only way you guys can even come close to a potential meaningful shutdown is through association with organized labor unions. They have the skills and tools to create change at the top. It all comes down to politics. Do you have something meaningful to offer them which would attract their interest and further their agenda? At this point, there is nothing meaningful that affects all truckers to draw all truckers together. You need a common hardship that affects you, that brings you all together. I personally don't believe in shutdowns. However, when you start advocating a strike, a.k.a. shutdown, you speak in organized labor union language. Perhaps you should approach them and inform yourselves... In my humble opinion. What do you think? Uh, 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 <laughs> kind of, I kind of lost the plot there. But, okay, the Oscars, do you think that, um, do you think the Irishman's going to win? The Irish, I don't know all the nominations. The Irishman was great. Yes, it's going to win something. All right. I thought it was, yeah. it was kind of, it's kind of a, well, a lot of people say it's kind of long, and I kind of feel like Three it was, hours. I feel like it was the kind of movie that when I was in social studies, they would have brought in on the VCR cart. <laughs> don't talk about no why well like i tell you what th- movies like that that are three hours i'm like i just like it's like the godfather i'm just like i get like oh let's watch the- i just eat it up i can't get enough the three hours didn't bother me at all because really th- there's not like slow boring time there's always something happening unlike the messiah you're like why are they filming this person like walking for like three seconds and then this per- it's yeah. slow that's a very gus there's van th- santian kind of thing to just like follow people like walking and it's real life. It seems very 19... 19- you don't have to film people going to the bathroom. 50s yeah. as well. Just- hey! Yeah, because back then you had to like, cut film with scissors right. and stuff. So it was like, you, you know, I like, can't really make a quick cut Watch here. Watch the rider catch the train. Yeah. Writing. Just have him go. That's when scores became important, right? So you'd have like some Sergio Leone or something, you know, just, yeah. just playing in the background, a little John Williams. I, uh, I suppose so. Well, what do we got coming up? Nashville. We're going to Nashville. 
Going to Nashville, uh, not, not you know, not next week, but but we got a week. We got a week Air to, cargo to type Nashville. it up, hype it up. Twenty sixth um, to the twenty eighth. Yes, we are. Uh, Craig Fuller is doing a keynote speech there. We're going to be talking to a lot of interesting people already lining them up. Yeah, we're going to be talking with, of course, top of the what what the truck will be. We'll also be talking with Chris McMillan, VP. Uh, of IT at uh, AIT Worldwide. Whoa. We'll be talking with uh, air cargo reporter Eric Kulish about yeah. the events. Andrew Latabache of Reliance Partners and Ronald Ramsey, the CCO. I mean, the list goes on. Josh Wolf, CEO of Cargo Ship. Yeah. Yeah. Eric what? Hare, CEO of K9 Global. Now we talk about that date on the moon. We're talking to a guy from NASA. Oh, yeah. Can't get to the moon without NASA. No. <laughs> Maybe you'll get some inroads. For uh, your possibility of the uh, very... Fr- Bring me aboard, too, please. Oh, by the way, I told the network we were trying to be off at exactly 60 minutes, so oh. let's hit the music. Get okay. out of here. Follow him at Chad Prevost. Follow me at Timothy Duder. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. <laughs> Get all your FreightWaves podcasts by subscribing to FreightCast. Got every single show, including this one that we call What the Truck. Bang, 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 bang. Also, download the FreightWaves TV app. You can rewatch this spectacle of great and madness. We can, uh, you can watch this on YouTube, LinkedIn, all those great shows. I can't wait to get to air cargo. Prepare for takeoff. And this weekend, Nashville, I don't know. We're coming for you.